His name was Ananias, which means Yahweh is gracious. His wife's name was Sapphira, which means beautiful. Now see, this couple was a part of the first wave of Christians uh, after the day of Pentecost. But what these two people do was neither gracious nor beautiful. Their actions will bring great fear into the body of Jesus, the church, in the first century. So what was going on in the early church? What was happening? Now, last week, as we looked at the Great Expectation uh, series, we used Acts 4. And in Acts 4.32, it says, All believers were one in heart and mind. You know, I thought about this until... Until is an interesting little word. We say things like, I was doing great until. And maybe you said it or heard it and said, you know, we were going along so good until. I remember a friend of mine, we were playing golf down in Callaway Gardens, which is a resort uh, west, southwest of Atlanta. And, uh, and he was up on this raised tee box to hit his shot on a par three. Of course, the green we were hitting to was lower. It was down in a little valley. So he hit this high iron shot, and he said this. He kept watching that ball, and he said, you know, that ball was going up until it started down. (laughs) And we laughed our heads off because he said it very seriously, and so we we knew he was not just teasing us. The atmosphere in the early church Uh, their personal possessions were not their own. They were not clinging to things. The apostles, we're told in that chapter 4 in the latter part, they're continuing to preach the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which, which was part of their credentials for being preachers of Jesus. There was no needy people in that early church because they were pooling all of their stuff together and helping anybody that had a need. It was a great atmosphere to be in. It was a loving, uh, really good atmosphere for a church. But in Acts 4.34, we set up what's going to happen in chapter 5. From time to time, Luke writes, those who own lands or houses sold them, and they brought the money from the sales, and they put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. So what we see is that people were so benevolent that they would sell a piece of property that they had, and they'd bring bring the proceeds from that sale and and give it to the work of the church or to the Lord. So cool. So this, this couple, Ananias and Sapphira, had one of those until moments I was talking about. Now let's look at it this way. In verse 36, Luke tells us that Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field that he owned, and he brought the money, and he put it at the apostles' feet. So we have that being acted out in this man uh, called Barnabas. So he is bringing that money, and he's laying it at the apostles' feet. Now, this was what people were doing. Uh, This is a contagious kind of a thing. 
And they were doing this, and it was being done until, until Ananias and Sapphira had this piece of land that God had blessed them with. And we start Acts 5, and in verse 2, it says, With his wife's knowledge, he kept back some of the money for himself. He brought the rest, and he put it at the feet, or at Peter's feet, and Peter being an apostle, of course. Now, there's some facts we need to remember when we read that. You know, God knows everything about us. He hears it all. He understands who we are inside and out. And Peter, one of the gifts that Peter had given, that God had given Peter was a discernment. Peter could look at a person or look in a situation, and he could discern what was going on in these people's lives. So in verse 3, we move on through this scripture and it says, Peter looks at Ananias and he says, How is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? And in verse 4, he ends up saying there, You have lied to God, not only to men, but to God. Now in verse 5, we find this. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. I don't know how you'd feel about that, but... That was pretty strange. There was a shot that went through Ananias' system, and he fell dead because of what he just heard from Peter's mouth. Some young men came in, and they took Ananias' body out, and they buried it. Now, this is getting everybody's attention that's going to hear about it. And here's what verse 5 tells us. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Three hours later, Sapphira is standing with Peter. She's come in to follow Ananias to the apostles, not knowing that her husband is dead. She had no idea. Peter asked, Is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Verse 8. Yes, that is the price, she replies. And in verse 9, Peter confronts her about it. How could you test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the men who buried your husband are at the door. They will carry you out also. Uh-oh. <laughs> and verse 10, at that moment, she fell at his feet and died. Verse 11, great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Guys, when you put this together, this couple colluded, they lied, and they died. The record is clear that Luke writes, and it's real. They didn't die at Peter's hand. He didn't put them to death. He, he, he has no power to do that. They were frightened to death. The idea that they had made this commitment to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and now they have allowed their uh, greediness, I guess you would say, to cause them to sell some land and, and claim that they were giving all of the money to the Lord's work. And Peter saw right through both of these people. Well, he knew then after Ananias had dropped dead, he knew when Sapphira came in that she was going to be in that same boat. Listen, Proverbs 9.10 gives us some very great words. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
So if you want to be a wise person, the first thing you have to do is, is acknowledge that God is God. That's what that verse has always meant to me. It's wisdom to look at the, the record that we have, look at creation, look at everything about us, how our body's created, how marvelous a machine we live in, and you got to believe there's a higher power involved. And that is the beginning of wisdom. But it's a healthy reverence, a fear for God that is wise also. And then I like the last part that rarely do people, preachers, everybody, we use this verse, but we never go to the second part. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The more I know about God, the more I understand about myself and about life. Now, that's a given. I love this I love this writing that I came across, and it says this. I want you to listen carefully to it. Then let every beginning be in the fear of Jehovah. That is wisdom, and it leads in the way of wisdom. There is an old saying which runs, well begun is half done. In other words, you can't just start something. But if you start well, then you're half done. This is true indeed, the writer writes. When the beginning is inspired and conditioned by the fear of Jehovah. So when we fear God, we are not only gaining wisdom, but it helps us to understand more about him. So what was Ananias and Sapphire's sin? It was deception. No doubt. Deception was the sin. You see, at this point, Ananias and Sapphira were loyal to Satan because like Peter told Ananias, how have you let Satan get into your heart and your mind? They were loyal to Satan, not to the Holy Spirit. They're spiritual. They were spiritually disloyal to God and to Jesus. And you know what? That can affect the body of Jesus Christ. It can start a corruption that becomes like a cancer in the church. You remember we read up in 4 where it says they had everything in common. And when you get something like this kind of sin within the body of Jesus, well, the everything in common doesn't work very well. So what's our lesson? What, What do we learn from this? Well, you could sum it up real easy by saying, well, you can't lie to God, and you can't. (laughs) God knows anyway. He knows your heart. He knows the deepest recesses of of your being. He knows everything in your mind. So whatever it is, you can't hide it, and you can't lie about it. And I'd like to say this. God's heart breaks when we misuse his blessings. You see, Ananias and Sapphira were blessed to have this land they could sell. And what became the the great holdout became the great holdup because they held back some money and then claimed they gave it all. That was the lie. Our freedom, and if you don't understand this, I want you to because it's so very vital to your following Jesus and to your life, and that's this. You were created with free will. God will not force you to follow him or Jesus. God will not force you to believe or have faith in him. God will not force you in anything. You always have the freedom to make a choice. And the thing is, 
Our freedom can be used to block God's best for us. Knowing that we have free will and then exercising that free will in the wrong direction like these two people did causes a lot of trouble. And I believe authentic, genuine disciples reach the lost. Guys, people see us. They know us. They hear us. And if we claim Jesus with our tongues and 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 then with our actions, we don't act like we should. We don't look like Jesus. We don't talk like Jesus. We don't think like Jesus. How are we going to make a disciple? Now, listen, we may not be withholding our money from the Lord, but are you withholding yourself? Are you hiding your gifts that God's given you? Are you timid in your faith because you aren't sharing it with other people? That's the question. See, why not live the full life Jesus can give us by, number one, not lying about who we are and what we're doing, but being very honest with God and honest with Jesus, who is our Savior? And why not live now as big as we can in the Lord? I, I don't know why we wouldn't except that our humanness gets involved. And I have to look at myself as you do and wonder, am I serving Satan at this moment or am I serving the Lord? Am I being a disciple of Jesus? If I am, I, I do not make a decision. I don't say a word to where I don't understand. I am his disciple. My, my life is mine, but it's not my own. It, I belong to the Lord. So this great fear... Jesus was not going to let Satan weaken his church. Now, I don't know of anybody, and I'm sure that through my 50 years of ministry, there's been people around me in the body of Christ that were kind of living a lie. I don't know of any of them that's dropped dead like these two people. But I want you to understand the emphasis of the church was very important. It was on the roll. It was on the move. They were coming together. They were helping each other. They were loving each other. They were meeting together in each other's homes. It was a fantastic time for the church to start. And Jesus was not about to let Satan's ploy destroy the momentum that the body of Christ had at this point, even though uh, they will have persecution coming up. When they scattered, they continued to preach Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. Listen, what is your great expectation today? Do you expect to serve Satan at some point when you have the opportunity? Maybe you've been less than honest with God. I would encourage you to do everything in, in your freedom to freely accept Jesus. If you've never done that, to accept him as your Lord and Savior. If you have and you're not living up to the standard and you are not being who you say you are, that you will repent of your sins. Even in Christ, we need to repent and, and, and get ourselves back on track. The great expect expectation of fear, great fear. Great fear now, everybody had heard about Ananias and Sapphira, and great fear was in the church. Now that fear caused them to be even more adamant about their faith and they continue to spread the Word of God. Uh, I'm praying this message means something to you today because we need to fear the Lord. To fear the Lord, remember, is wisdom. And 
and the understanding of who the Lord is even enhances that wisdom greater. Let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for loving us like you do. Thank you for your word that teaches us in a very simple way how we can be your people and we can do better with our discipleship. Bless all those, Lord, today that hear this message. We pray that those seeds that have been sown will be fruitful in our lives and in many other lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.